Hi, everyone. Welcome to Conversations at Heal. This is your host, Susan Jacoby. I hope you're enjoying these inspirational interviews and that they help you to discover how to make the decision to overcome childhood trauma, develop self-love, and live a life of peace and joy. Relationship with your inner child is critical to healing from childhood trauma. Some of you may have a strong relationship with your inner child. Others may not. What is important is establishing a safe place where your inner child can explore creativity and curiosity. My guest, Katia Cooper, has suggestions for laying the groundwork for building that relationship. Katia listens closely to nature and heard a calling to create a fairy tale for survivors. She has been an energy healer and teacher since 1997. Katia loves to create with art, writing, unique tools of curiosity. Her new book comes out this January 2017, An Elf's Journey, Healing Childhood Sexual Trauma. Her website is katiacooper.com, K-A-T-I-A-C-O-O-P-E-R. Welcome, Katia, to Conversations at Heal. Can you explain to our listeners why it's important to know your inner child? What I found is that the inner child really holds the essence of who we are, and so there's like a creative genius within that inner child. It's not something that is very obvious at all, especially if there's been trauma. When we take the time to really get quiet and listen and also get the trauma out of the way, that inner child really has some energy to help us heal. For instance, that inner child can tell us what that inner child needs. And when we take care of those needs specifically for that unique little child inside of us, then that child's ready to shine and ready to move into the world in the way that we're really meant to be in this world. And I'm making it sound really simple, but that's the process for what I like to call all the parts of us that get fragmented when we've been through trauma. You mentioned getting quiet. How do you you get quiet or how did you get quiet when you first started making this connection? I love to meditate. That's just something that has come really easy for me. But there's a lot of people that resource their inner wisdom through other forms that might even um, include meditation, like walking, um, doing art, really whatever someone loves to do works best. Nature is a really big one for me. When I go out into nature, I feel like I really get quiet and I really connect with uh, myself and the trees and the earth. I want to jump in and ask you to give our listeners some tools that they can use to keep their inner child safe as they explore this creativity journey. I know for me, and I'm sure this is true for a lot of survivors, keeping yourself safe is a very new concept. And I would say that it's one of the hardest things. Well, it seems like every time I think there's a thing, then the next stage becomes another hard thing. It's an uncomfortable feeling knowing that you can keep yourself safe because you're so unfamiliar with it. It's so foreign to you. What tools would you give to help someone 
keep themselves safe, keep their inner child safe? That's such a great question. Everyone is so unique that it's really important to what works for each survivor. Pets are a wonderful resource for some people to cuddle up with and start to feel their energy and start to take that on. Even if we go back to the feeling that unsafe feeling or um, trauma reactions and then come back to, say, experiencing being with a pet and that kind of calmness, that can really help shift into more of a safe feeling. So if we're not feeling safe, sometimes it's a process to get there. Another one would be reading. I love to dance and move my body. Writing with your non-dominant hand is a really exercise to find out what it is within that's not feeling um, how that inner child really wants to feel safe and what it would take. So, for instance, the exercise would be writing out for the inner child with a non-dominant hand and know this, it will come out messy and our job is to just accept that and not be critiquing our inner child. And then go back our dominant hand and respond to that child and watch what our responses are because that tells us something about what's going on inside. We tend to parent our inner child the way that we were parented. So by parenting in a new way for our inner child, we can really move into nurturing that inner child, which helps that inner child feel safe. And really getting um, specific and treating that inner child like a real child that matters. Treating that inner child in a very cautious and caring way. It's like proving to your inner child that you really do love that child and you're really there to protect that child. So that inner child starts to build a new relationship with you as a caretaker. Those are some great tools that you've shared. I find that it was difficult to connect with my inner child because of anger and blame that Mm. I put on Mm. them, on the inner child, my inner child. So Mm. the tools that you're suggesting, you know, I think I'm going to try those and and see what comes up. You know, and also as you were talking, I was thinking because, you know, I talk about painting a lot because I'm an artist, but also paint with your non-dominant hand. Yes, yes. And that will give you some great insight because that's a a language that sometimes our inner child is even more connected to than words. There was Mm -hmm. something that you said in regards to feeling that anger. A good way to perceive that is that's not the parent inside of us. That's not the, um, we're not resourcing that ideal caring self in us. And when that comes up, a tool that I learned from um, a modality that's called internal family systems, and that's a psychotherapy modality, they use tools that 
you can ask that part of you that's angry if it would be willing to step back and just allow your wise self or the caring parent to relate to the inner child and ask that part that's angry if it would just witness and just watch. So there's a little, is a little more complex. Or you could also do some writing to get the anger out, but then ask that part of you to step aside. And when I say a part of you, it's different than uh, split personality. A split personality or multiple personalities, um, they don't recognize each other. They don't remember when that split personality comes out. So this is something that's different. This is like intricate um, parts of ourselves, also known as just feelings. So if that doesn't work for you, you can also ask that feeling if it would be willing to step aside and just witness. Or to be curious about, about what's going on. Yes, that would be a big step for an angry, you know, feeling to become curious is really so key. When we become curious, it's like we're opening a door and inviting what we don't know about. The reason we don't know about our inner child and the goodness of them, the innocence of them, is because we were given so many other messages through trauma. And this is getting back and remembering who that child really is. What, who is that child without the trauma? And when we can access that child without the impact of the trauma, it's really bringing that child back into our life. It's a gift to our child and to ourselves. I know we've touched briefly on the creativity. I want to dive into that just a little bit and ask you, how I'll keep it uh, personal if you don't mind how you access the inner child your inner child's creativity and I'm not talking about how you access your inner child I'm talking about her creativity right so some of the practices that I do in my life really help me get in touch with creativity so one of the practices I do in the morning includes some laughter yoga and that's something that you could um, find on YouTube. But with laughter yoga, it's just laughing for no reason. I find that that really helps open me to my creativity and to joy. And I, my sense is, is that joy and creativity are very related. So there's an exercise in particular, happy baby, where you're down on the floor holding your feet. And that's when I start to laugh. And when I do that, my day just starts out better and I have more fun through my day. Other exercises for me is being in nature and really noticing the beauty, looking for the beauty. Uh, yesterday I was out cycling and through a pass in the woods and I kept taking pictures. It And I felt that it helped me connect with that creativity. Other ways are writing. I have a saying on a post-it note that I see almost every day about why not create the story that you want. And writing can be used in that way to create what you 
want in your life. When you say creativity, how do you define that in this situation? When you say that, are you thinking of the, the things that we've been talking about, you know, writing, painting, dancing, even though we haven't talked about it, you know, cooking or building something? Is that what you're thinking of, or are you thinking of that or something different? I'm also thinking of something different because we can take creativity into every area of our life, opportunities that we want. And there's a tool from modality that's called access consciousness. Access consciousness, they have the question that is, how does it get any better than this? That is a tool that you can use in a bad situation or a good situation. And I believe when we're asking that question, we're not asking it of our left side of our brain. We're not asking for a logical thought out answer, but we're really talking to the creative side of the brain, the right side of the brain that loves to play and create. I'm using the word create there. Creativity also, I'm thinking, could be doing something that you've never done before. And that could show up in ways of thinking a way that you've never thought before, feeling a way, acting a way, you know, which all kind of blends into the the backbone of the show. The intention Mm -hmm. of this show is to give people, you know, healthy ways to think, feel, and act. Mm -hmm. You know, creativity could also be part of that. Let's move into the curiosity end of it. Let me ask you this first, how you would define the curiosity thing so we can kind of set up a a foundation here. Curiosity to me would be opening our mind and heart to what could come through. So it's not a precognitive, I have the answer and I'm going to figure this out. And it's not a trying hard. It's allowing something new to come in. For the inner child might be the perfect outlet to explore, to have the opportunity to feel something different, like the, um, an, the angry feeling, be curious about a joyful feeling would give the angry feeling an opportunity to think, oh, there is something I can think differently. I think a lot of times we get stuck in a feeling. Let's use anger as that part of that definition. Many, many times there is a solid, excellent, good reason to be angry. It doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. if it's a good reason or not. If you're feeling angry, that needs to be validated. Sometimes mm-hmm. I know for me, sometimes I think it's it's easy because you've been in that state for so long not to know anything else. And so mm-hmm. it's just an automatic default where you're mm-hmm. really angry. It's like, well, am I really angry or am I comfortable being angry? Those are two very different things. Both of them deserve um, equal attention and honor. Yes, and like you said, what else is available? It's interesting how curiosity and creativity overlap so much. There was a time where that word didn't even filter into my mind and my mindset. So it's just a a gentle way to bring a new way to provide self-love and compassion to yourself 
is to be curious about something. Mm, yeah, I love that. That's really well said because that's a whole nother adventure to become curious with how can we be compassionate to ourselves. Sometimes mm-hmm. when we are compassionate to ourselves, then we go, well, okay, I did it. I'm done. I'm done with that. <laughs> Without <laughs> recognizing, well, com- compassion is really something we can bring in on a daily basis. And if we become curious with what else can I do with compassion, well, then we can recognize like, well, maybe I can extend this compassion to someone else, maybe another survivor that I haven't. And then that compassion also comes back to us and we can become more curious with, well, then what else? Because there's always more opportunities. And I think that's what got shut off with trauma is opportunities and exploring was scary. And so now we're recreating situations where we can be curious and we can explore and as that safe adult guiding that exploration if we need to, we can find that curiosity can be a lot of fun. And even though Katya's experience is a survivor of childhood trauma, child abuse specifically, this conversation isn't directed just towards that. It can be directed to any kind of trauma which is showed embraces. So I don't want the listeners who haven't experienced abuse to think, well, I can't apply any of this. These tools you can use for any way that you need to expand your life or any way that you're looking to live differently. Kathy, I know you have a special gift for our listeners. Can you tell them about it, please? So when listeners sign up on my website, which is katiacooper.com, K-A-T-I-A-C-O-O-P-E-R.com. You will have a chapter from my upcoming book, which is An Elf's Journey, Healing Childhood Sexual Trauma. Thank you for sharing those gifts, Katya. I'm so grateful that you've come onto our show and started the conversation about creativity and our inner child and curiosity. Thank you. And I just really want to acknowledge you for what you've done in starting this. I mean, talk about creativity. Started this way before anybody else was doing anything like this. That's an incredible amount of strength and courage on your part, Susan. I really appreciate that. Well, you're very welcome. Thank, thank you for sharing that with me. I just want to say to the survivors that your amazing fortitude to persist in creating a better life for yourself. Even that you're sticking it out is energy that's moving in the right direction. And that's really what matters. Just embrace your uniqueness and know that you make a difference. So, Katya, thank you for being on Conversations at Heal. Please contact me at Susan at ConversationsAtHeal.com if I can support you on your healing journey. Leave a comment on Blog Talk or iTunes to support us in reaching listeners in search of living a life of peace and joy. Above all, please remember that you are a lovable and capable human being. Thank you for listening to Conversations at Heal.